Hello, and welcome to the Family Starship, a podcast all about geeky fun for the whole family. I'm your host, Chris Benavidez. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast will delve into the strange affair of the Phantom of the Opera, a mystery never fully explained. We will explore what happens when we show a 30-year-old, two-and-a-half-hour musical to children who are notoriously difficult to please. Perhaps they will enjoy it. Perhaps not. Perhaps we may frighten away the ghost of so many years ago with a little illumination. Gentlemen! I, I don't have the rights to the music, so here's some 80 synthwave. So I'm here with Lauren today. Say hi, Lauren. Hi. Hi. So we're going to talk about Phantom of the Opera. Now, if anyone doesn't know, Phantom of the Opera is a musical with music by Andrew Lloyd Webber, lyrics by Charles Hart, and a book by Lloyd Webber and Richard Stolgo. This was produced originally in London in 1986 and then came to Broadway in 1988. Um, it It was the longest running show in Broadway history by a wide margin. Oh, it still is, actually. It celebrated its 10,000th Broadway performance on February 11th, 2012. I am just blatantly reading from Wikipedia right now. And um, big hit. I remember it was quite a sensation when it first opened up and way back in 88. Um, It's based on the French novel of the same name by Gaston Leroux. Its central plot revolves around the beautiful soprano, Christine Daae, who becomes the obsession of a mysterious, disfigured, musical genius living in the subterranean labyrinth beneath the Paris Opera House. Okay, so with that out of the way, Lauren, let me ask you, how did you come to Phantom of the Opera and what does it mean to you? When I was in high school, the National Honor Society got to go on field trips to, um, somehow it always ended up being a Broadway musical because we lived in New York. And I guess our teacher who who, uh, was in charge wanted to see Broadway musicals. So this wasn't the first one we saw, but it was the second. So it was, I think my second Broadway musical, if I remember correctly. Um, But it was the first one that I was just blown away by and really loved. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I had a similar experience. I saw it in high school as well. I believe it was 1989 when I saw it. Um, and I saw it on Broadway. I was part of a theater club back then. Um, we, went, we went to see a lot of shows. Um, I remember that one year I saw a, a bunch of shows. I saw this. I saw um, Les Miserables. I saw Sweeney Todd, I think, on Broadway as well. And my reaction is I, I liked it, but it, it suffered in comparison to Les Miserables. And it's, it's kind of impossible not, make, not to make that comparison given that the shows are very much contemporaries and they have a very similar kind of operatic tone um, mixed with this kind of like classic operatic with like mixed with rock and 80s synth pop also in its in its musical like language. So yeah. I, 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 those shows are very often like 
put together in my mind. I saw Phantom first, so yeah. I did not have Lamez to compare it to at that time. No, I, I hear you. And I remember that um, I was I wanted to see Phantom when it came out. I got all this hype. And then I saw Lamez Rob first and I loved that show. And then going to see Phantom, I, I liked it as well. I, I remember liking it. I liked the music, but I didn't become obsessed with it, I, which I think a lot of teenagers at that time kind of did. I also think like, you know, this is a classic angsty teen supernatural romance, as, as they would call it these days. It's really, you know, it's it's kind of the perfect time to see it is when you're when you're a teenager. I think it's it's it speaks to that language of being angsty. No one understands you, you know. It was yeah, definitely yeah. one of the first gothic romances that I was exposed to. And I ended up reading the book after seeing the musical. And, you know, it's never really been my favorite genre, but definitely as a teenager, it appealed to me much more than that those types of things do now. Right. No, yeah. And it's never my favorite genre either. And for me, you know, what I remember from it is the music and the production. The music really elevated it, obviously. I mean, this is why, you know, why, why see a musical if you don't like the music? The music was good. And I, I, a lot of those songs stuck with me for a long time. Yeah, I bought the two cassette uh, cast recording when I saw the show and listened to it over and over and over again after. And I think I remember every word of it to this day. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I didn't know you were that obsessed with it. Um, I, I, I met you, obviously, like um, a decade after this. So I, I missed your, your phantom phase, Lauren. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, well, did you mention that I'm your wife? I don't think you did. <laughs> yes. Um, for those who don't know, Lauren's my wife. So I, I, I should know these things, but I, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I probably told you when we merged our CD collections, yeah. but, you know, it's been a while. So you're asking for a lot of detail, Lauren. <laughs> OK, but anyway, I, I also I remember we said <laughs> this is something we talked about, but you didn't remember. We, we saw the 2004 movie together based on yeah. the musical. And um, I remember seeing it and it didn't really hit me very hard. I still like the music. You know, obviously, those those versions were not as good as the. The, the Broadway versions that, that I remember, um, but I still like the music and, you know, but without the, the grandiose nature of the stage production, the, the, the stage production is so like audacious, you know, has the, uh, the falling chandelier and all that stuff, which is great. And without that stuff and happening right in front of you, a lot of that production value in the movie didn't really, didn't really hit it for me. Yeah, um, I liked it, but there wasn't anything about it that, made it more memorable than the original. So it just was like, hey, that was fun. And then I was done with it. No, definitely. I, I agree with that. All right. So let's transition to showing it to the kids. Uh, so, so Lauren, you know this because th these are our kids we're talking about. <laughs> this came up very suddenly. Just We were just scrolling through Roku one day, right? Or YouTube. Well, I had had it bookmarked on my YouTube channel because it was free for that one weekend during the uh, quarantine. And I was thinking, oh, that I would like to watch it, but I wasn't thinking of it as something I was necessarily going to show the kids because I just didn't think I was going to be able to drag their attention away from whatever video game they were playing. But I happened to be scrolling with them in the room and then you walked in and you were like, oh, Phantom, let's watch that. And then we just put it on and somehow it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very like, yeah, serendipitous in a way. 
um, it kind of came up. We decided to watch it. So we didn't, we didn't really think about showing it to the kids ever, did we? I mean, I thought about exposing the kids to all the Broadway shows that I like, but not. I didn't specifically sit down and think about when I would show specifically Charlie, the older kid, Phantom, because I wasn't sure that romance would appeal to him. And yes, uh, like I, it just I was just sort of waiting on it. I didn't think it was the right time. Charlie is notoriously anti-romance, and um, you know, so was I at his age. So more on that later. But yeah, yeah, we didn't. I, I didn't think about it either. Uh, I'm glad that we found it though, because I, I was excited to see it again when when it came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. My my thought when I when I first saw that you know icon pop up on YouTube, Lauren was like, "Can the kids sit through this? Because it's a what is it? It's a it's a two hour show, a little over two hour show." And I think um, it's like two and a half, yeah, something like that. And you know, our kids have. 2020 era attention spans so uh, I, I was worried that that would not be something they can sit through i was also pretty much sure that because it was something i was putting on they were going to set their minds against it and be like oh great you're <laughs> going to make us watch this <laughs> that's right that does tend to happen our, our kids reaction to to 80s media has always been mixed and they tend to not like things that are slow and take a long time all right. I, I also, I thought that if Charlie can just get to the phantom scenes and hear that iconic signature song, it could draw him in. I was like, you know, can we just get him to sit down for like the first 20 minutes till we get there? Like that was my, that was my, my hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, once he, once he showed the initial interest, I was like, oh, well, I think he'll like the music, but I did not expect him to sit through the whole thing. I thought he would at some point decide to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Any trepidation about showing it to the kids? About like appropriateness? Yeah. Appropriateness. Yeah. They, you know, our, Joel, our eight year old, definitely gets spooked by creepy things. So I did not expect him to like it. I expected him to say, no, this is creepy. I'm out. And I was correct in that. <laughs> yes. Um, but. I didn't think it was anything so bad that like he was going to be um, scarred by it. I just didn't think he was going to like it. No, I, I agree. He is notoriously easy to scare. And um, yeah, I, I was expecting that as well. Um, Charlie, our 11 year old Lauren, I, I, <laughs> I went a whole podcast calling him 12, but he's actually 11. Well, he's very smart. Yes. Yes. Uh I thought he might, it might be a good age for it. I, I thought he might appreciate it. It's, it's not for young kids. It has a lot of adult themes, but I am okay with challenging them with that at this, at least Charlie at this age, um, with that kind of material. Um, I think he could appreciate it. So I, I was, you know, I, I was cautiously optimistic. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back with what the kids thought. Okay, we're back. Let's talk about what the kids thought. All right. Um, first off, I'm just going to throw out there. 
um, our eight-year-old Joel didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As expected. Go ahead. Sorry. He left pretty quickly and, you know, I, w- I was fine with that. I did not feel like he needed to be uh, forced to sit through it. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And it was, he complained a little bit about the music being too loud when, you know, the first chandelier cue happened. And I, I knew we were doomed then. Like, if he didn't like the music, it's just, there's just nothing there for him. Yeah, I think he also just wasn't in the mood to do something that wasn't his choice. So, Right, right. And that's expected. Again, he's eight years old. You know, he's probably too young to see this, so that's, that's fine. Um, Charlie, though, he stayed for the whole thing. Yeah, he's super into it. I was excited. Go ahead. Yeah, the part where the first murder happens and the uh stagehand guy is hung from <laughs> yes. the top of the stage he literally jumped off the couch like what and, like, what? and was like totally excited by it and I, I was not expecting that but i always yeah. enjoy anything that like makes him uh, excited like that and seeing what he reacts to is really one of the most fun things about being a parent no, definitely. And I think I remember, I, I, I'm not, I'm going to misquote him here, but once you're like, wow, unexpected to be so violent, something like that. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was super excited about the violence. That's, that's what got him to stay. Yeah. Um, Again, he was probably expecting something I showed him to be more boring than that. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> so he saved the whole thing. Um, he complained at times, but he got into it. The opening is a little bit slow. I mean, he complained during the auction. I think the chandelier cue got him. He, he got into that. The first... Well, yeah, go ahead. Anytime the orchestra started really, like, getting loud and intense, he was saying things like, boss music intensifies. He was, <laughs> yes, that's he was right. definitely really into the actual music, even when there wasn't any um, singing. He was really responding to the whole uh, yes. feeling of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the, yeah, the sheer theatricality, uh, it, was, it was good for him. I think he enjoyed that. And the version we saw was the, the 25th anniversary production at the Royal Albert Hall, which I believe was available on DVD. It's, I don't think it, I'm not sure it is right anymore. Um, and it was available for a couple of days here in April of 2020 because of the, the quarantine going on. Um, so we were lucky to see it. It was, it was, it was very fortuitous we saw this. And yeah, the, the staging, you know, I think got him like there was some really cool, like that big effect when the Phantom first appears and like uh, you see his like silhouette there. It, it drew him in, you know, and then that was really cool. Good to mm-hmm. see. Um, his attention was definitely there when the Phantom was on stage. You know, he, he called him an edgelord. He was very... <laughs> He was very into that character. So, um, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we let him talk over it a little bit, which, you know, definitely I'm not sure if he would have enjoyed it as much if we were in a theater and he had to be quiet and sit for the entire time. But yes. in our living room, it worked fine. <laughs> yes. And, you know, the Phantom is a very, you know, the, the misunderstood monster, you know, the the beast that you you get to know and understand and sympathize with to a degree mm-hmm. um so that that is a very prevalent character in a lot of fiction i'm sure he's seen a lot of stuff with that character in it um, as charlie and, mentioned kylo ren yes <laughs> many times star wars this is his favorite so he definitely yeah. he compared her compared him to reaper from overwatch so yeah 
there was a lot of that. So I think he's a very easy character to get. He's just so like over the top and like bombastic that it's just, it's hard not to understand that character within like the first five seconds you see him. All right, Joel, so what did you think of Phantom of the Opera? I thought that it was okay. Yeah, you left pretty early though. You left kind of when the, right after the chandelier fell down. Yeah, like, like it's just that all the opera is definitely straight on. They're screaming. It's so ear shattering. Gotcha, so the music is a little too much. Yes. All right, gotcha. Hey, Charlie. So, what did you think of Phantom of the Opera? I really, I really like this one. Um, according to Broadway's, really, I, I tend to vary. Like sometimes I'll really like them, and sometimes not so much. But this one, this one actually had some good and bad parts, and I think the good overdoes the bad in this case. I think it has very interesting story, and I like the music a lot. Cool, I'm glad you like the music. So you were ready to, like, you got a little bored at the very beginning, but then when the big chandelier drop happened, you were, you got into it. Are you glad you stayed for the whole thing? I am very glad I stayed for the whole thing. I I, I tend to um leave like um something when I think I'd rather be doing other things. So. But it's just nice to do something like this every once in a while. Cool, I'm glad you stayed. So, Charlie, I mean, he's seen some musicals before. He's seen Newsies. He, mm-hmm. he liked that. He loved Newsies, yeah. Um, he saw The Greatest Showman, the, the, the movie, which is, a, which is, you know, the rarity, which is a movie musical that was an original musical. Um, and he liked that. And he's heard music from Hamilton. Um, and he's like that. I don't think he's, he hasn't seen the musical yet. No, he's he, a long time ago. He saw Annie, but I don't I think he might have been young enough that he doesn't really remember it at this point. I talked to him a little bit about it and like he was he was excited about it. And he I think he's up for seeing more stuff like this. Um, yeah, I asked him if he would watch more musicals with me. And he said, well, maybe not today, but yeah. <laughs> Obviously, top of my list would be Les Miserables. That's my favorite musical ever, and um, that would be the that would be the next thing to show him for sure. I'm not sure if he can sit through the whole thing, but I think again, if you can see a good production of it, a, you know, the uh, just just the sheer bombastic nature of that music could get him as well. Definitely, uh, Hamilton would be on the top of my list for sure. All right, cool. All right, um, anything you want to add about the kids' reactions? No, just ha- it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot and of fun. I look forward to like listening to the music with them again, just as a soundtrack type of thing. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. All right. We're going to come back one more time and we'll wrap up final thoughts about Phantom of the Opera.
Okay, we're back. Let's time to wrap up uh, Phantom of the Opera. So, um, first question: How did you feel about watching this again? For your, your impressions, what 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 held up for you? It was definitely nostalgic to see it again when it's been so long since I saw it on a stage. Um, and obviously the music is still great. And, you know, I hadn't heard the, um, the cast of the 25th anniversary before. And so there's always that I've listened to this so many times. Is it going to be weird hearing it with different voices? But I definitely felt like they were just as good as what I was familiar with. Yeah, I, I agree. The voices really popped for me. Um, the music is still great. The, the production of this 25th anniversary, um, I was a little bit worried about it because obviously it's not a stage the way the Broadway musical was a stage. You know. I was fine with everything, but in, on Broadway, the chandelier actually comes yes. crashing down <laughs> over your head. Yeah. And that was mind-blowing to me at yes. the time and the, so in the 25th anniversary they just had a kind of spark and flicker yeah. and then some fireworks around the theater right. which you know it's still dramatic but not right. not the same so that was a little disappointing I, I, I had to pause it and tell charlie this is what was supposed to happen <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah i, I mean they, they did what they could with it you know obviously it's not a it's not a um theater designed to have moving parts i guess the same way well, I think it was just for one night, so they couldn't right. build something so elaborate for that one night. Yeah, I gotcha. And, and that's the kind of thing you really appreciate being at the live show. I mean, if anything, this experience has made me want to go see the live show again, because um, that was, I think that's the best way to watch this, obviously. Mm -hmm. anything, not, anything not hold up for you? Well, the biggest difference in my reaction then and now is definitely to the romance. I think... Yeah. At the time, I really felt like Christine's, uh, you know, being torn between the Phantom and Raul. And I, as a teenager, was like, oh, my God, how, you know, how does she choose? Whereas <laughs> now I'm like, no, the Phantom is a murderer. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't choose him. Like, you feel bad for him. But yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> so pretty, pretty abusive, too. He's like, yeah, you know, manipulative. Yeah. He's, you know basically holding her hostage um holding the entire opera hostage um so yeah 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 and i, I had that that change in in reaction to as a teenager i think i felt more empathy um but it's weird I, i'll get to that in a second but um it's weird like the way you know our emotions mature i, I think i was i had a very different reaction to the ending like like you say let, let's get to that in, in a minute um for me like the musical format for me anyway musicals are as good as their music and this has great music so i like it um i i think where the musical gets in the way of the storytelling is getting a lot of elaborate backstory that you don't actually see and this show reveals a lot about the history between christine and the phantom and um i'm blanking the other character um whose name i'm, I'm blanking on who has the history with the phantom it's revealed through little bits of musical dialogue here and there and compared to all the bombast going on it's hard to get those details it certainly wasn't the first time I, I saw this i got it i got it more but it's it's a it's a it's a kind of awkward way to reveal that that kind of detail especially um, the way it starts with the auction and yeah. 
like that was something I had no idea what was going on until right. I read the book and it, then it made sense. So it's almost like they don't even care. They're just like, either you've read the book and you get it or you don't. And it's fine. <laughs> exactly. And so, and to the audience, so like this is, this is the, the reaction like to the audience. When Christine first descends into the phantom's lair, it's a big reveal moment. Like, wow, the phantom is real. It's a, he's a real guy. And like all this stuff is happening. In the real chronology, he's been her music tutor for years, you know, like um, whether it's just a voice that's been telling her to do things or whatever. They have a standing relationship at the time. And it's hard to get that when that reveal moment happens. You feel like, you know, Christine, like experiencing that for the first time. And it's supposed to be this big reveal. So given the way it's presented, it's, ha it's hard for me to catch all of the history, which is actually a really interesting history. Um, in their relationship that, that I think deepens the ending given the way it's, it's presented. That, right. that's But I think if they had added more and made it longer, then it would have dragged. So I'm fine with what it was. I agree. All right. So who's your MVP, Lauren? I think the person I was most worried about disappointing me would have been Christine and she didn't disappoint me. So that to me was the most satisfying. Yeah, I thought she was amazing. I thought, um, and the, the actress is Sierra Bogus. Um, she was tremendous. I, I loved her voice. I, I think her, her acting was great. I mean, she really expressed a lot. And I'll get to this in a second, but um, I loved um, the Phantom. Ramin, Ramin Karam, I hope, I hope I'm saying the name right. Uh, Ramin Karamloo was the Phantom. His voice was tremendous. I thought he, his performance was great also. And when I saw this when I was a teenager, it was 1989, so I was, well, how old was I then? 16? I was a lot less sentimental about this kind of thing. And I remember appreciating the story of Phantom, but I didn't get into the emotion of it all that much. I think now the performances were way more emotional than I remembered. And it hit me more than it did back then. I thought, um, especially Ramin Karamloo at the end as the Phantom, he is, he is an exposed nerve, you know, like he's mm -hmm. on the edge at all times. And um, it is one thing I take from this version. It's like just the ending when Christine leaves him and the scream he gives out, it's, it's a very... I mean, it's a theatrical scream, but it's a very, like, authentic theatrical scream, if, if that means anything. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like a hokey, like, you know, stage scream. It's like a, there's some, like, real pain there, yeah. you know, and, and it's sold to me. It worked. And in a way that I think when I saw this originally, it didn't work as much. And, and again, I was, I was a younger person back then. I also think because we're watching a filmed version of it, we're getting close-ups on the actors' faces that we wouldn't necessarily get in the theater. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I it was very effective. I was, I was, if anything, I like this more than I did back then. It, it, um, it held up for me and, and it, it actually improved um, seeing it again this, this, after this many years. Now, here's the next question. Would you watch this again for fun? Not right away, but I definitely want to listen to the music more often. Yes. I, but it's a lot to sit through. So I don't think I'd sit down and watch it again soon. But I would eventually. Yeah, I agree. Um, yes. The, and the music is timeless. Like, I, I will listen to the music again. I, I have. I put it on YouTube a few times and I, I listen to the music. 
it's great. Um, I, I would probably watch it again at some point. Yeah. Um, okay, here is the next segment: remake, reboot, sequel, or leave it alone, Lauren. <laughs> well, I, you know, I would be happy to see it live again uh, on Broadway. I don't know if I need another filmed version of it, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely, I would see it again in the theater if it the opportunity right. came up. Well, here's the thing. Phantom is such an old property. Um, there's there's so many versions of it out there. There's like there's YouTube videos out there of people who who talk about all the versions of it. Um, this is definitely the most like it's made the biggest cultural impact is the musical. I mean, obviously, there's the, the silent movie with uh, Lon Chaney Jr., which I've never seen. I always wanted to see it. I, I, I'm going to put that on my list. Um, so I want to see other versions of this. It's such a timeless story. But yeah, I don't need to see another movie adaptation of this for sure. Um, and it's such a classic i I feel like it's kind of perfect the way it is as a a theatrical presentation it's it's kind of it it kind of just works now there is a sequel lauren did you know that i learned that shortly before we started recording (laughs) i I came up in our youtube recommendations (laughs) yes i know i had heard of love never dies um years ago i remember hearing about it um but i was like yeah is that a real is that something they're making is it gonna happen they're just talking about it Nope, nope, they really made it. Um, and I have not seen it. So I'm sure people out there like it. I, I'm, I'm reluctant to see it. I probably will see it at some point. I just feel like there's nothing more to this story. I don't want to see what happens next to the fans. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Uh, I definitely felt like at the end of watching it this time, I was like, you know, she runs back and kisses the phantom. And I had such like, you know, I was just barely okay with that. And it was kind of one of those, don't think too much about it, <laughs> you right. know, like, so if, if they're going to go and continue that story, that would definitely qualify as thinking too much about it. I am not interested at all. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I probably will see it at some point, just, just to know what it is. Um, I, just I, so I, you I, can make fun of it. <laughs> well, not even that. I just, just, yeah, I just kind of, I want to. I, I don't want to be the person who dismisses things just because I don't think it could be could work. Is um, the music by Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yeah, and um, the original Phantom and Christine for Love Never Dies was were the two people we saw for this production: Ramin Karamlu is the Phantom, Sierra Boggess is Christine. Oh, so, I feel like I would have heard of it if the music was good, but I could be. Yeah, wrong. yeah. So I, you know, maybe I'll watch it. We'll see. I, I kind of don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you let um, me know. <laughs> any um any other thoughts on Phantom of the Opera? Uh no, I think we covered it. I, I do have one more thing to say. What? Sing once again with me. Our oh <laughs> strange duet. <laughs> my power over you. Grow stronger, yeah. It's not happening. <laughs> and though you turn from me <laughs> to glance behind, the phantom of the opera is there inside your mind. You barely got me to talk on the podcast. There's no way I'm going to sing. <laughs> All right, fine. All right. So with that, we'll wrap up. That was fan of the opera, kids.
So I made a whole bunch of mistakes in that podcast. The character whose name I blanked on was Madame Geary, who was played excellently by Liz Robertson in this production. The Phantom in the 1925 silent movie was of course played by Lon Chaney Sr., not Jr. Lon Chaney Jr. would later play the Wolfman in the famous Universal Monster series. I can't believe I screwed that one up. I wanted to credit a great series of videos on YouTube by Lindsay Ellis that detail the history of the Phantom in all his incarnations over the years. Finally, my thanks to Lauren and the kids for watching this production and joining in this podcast. As always, this podcast featured music from Metaphasic, Technoaxe, and Airglow. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Sing for me, my angel of music! Something? Anything?